This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Who is glad that it's summertime in Barstow? Yeah, come on. (laughs) It's the real deal. It's here, but praise God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Even the heat of the Mojave Desert. Well, praise God. We got, you know, we've talked a little bit about all the just things are going so great, man, where the church is opening up more and more, where we're getting closer and closer to where we want to be. And so this Sunday will be a big part of that. And uh, that kind of brings me into the message for tonight. The title is this recompense recompense. Now, that's not a word that we use a lot in our modern day English. You'll find it in the King James Bible. But but uh, we're talking about recompense. And what that word means is payback, payback. And listen, if you've ever been stolen from, you would like to get your stuff back, wouldn't you? Has anybody in you've ever had somebody steal something from you? I've been stolen from before. And listen, when I get stolen from, it's not going to happen anymore in Jesus name ever again. But I want my stuff back. And on top of that, I don't just want my stuff back. I want justice. I want you to have to pay me back more than what you took from me. Like, well, that sounds greedy. No, that's scriptural. And we're going to talk about this for a little bit tonight. But all of us in here have at one point or another been robbed. And you're thinking, well, I don't recall ever being robbed. I'm not talking about that you were held at gunpoint or a burglar came and took your stuff. But I'm talking about someone or something came and took something away from you. Now, this could even be spiritually Have you ever had the enemy, the devil, the thief, the liar try to come in and steal your joy? You just sit there and take that? You let him do it? Have you ever had the thief, the enemy try to come in and take your peace or mess with your family or mess with your marriage or mess with your health or try to come in and take something away from you? Now, there's some people that are like, well, you know, that's just the way life is. You know, you win some, you lose some. Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that I always win in Christ Jesus. So don't ever take that attitude. Well, you know, you, you, you don't, you can't win them all. Yes, you can. You can win them all if you are in Christ Jesus. It tells us in 2 Corinthians, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, people are like, well, I know it says that, but we're only human. And I've said it and I'll say it again. I am not only human. Don't insult me. I'm one third human, but I'm a three part being just like the Holy Trinity. I'm made in the image of God. There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And when he made me and when he made you, he made you a three part being spirit, soul and body. I'm part human, but another third of me is spirit and another third is soul. And listen, I am baptized in the Holy Ghost. So I am. Listen, listen. Don't ever fall into this trap, this mindset. Well, the world's bad. It's getting worse. We're only human. You win some, you lose some. Thinking like that, speaking like that will completely sidetrack and derail your life. Quit thinking like a loser. Listen. There's plenty of losers in this world, but I refuse to be one. And if the enemy, if the thief tries to come in and take something about something away from me, he's going to give it back and he's going to give it back with interest. 
I'm not letting him steal from me. He's not going to steal my money, my health, my marriage, my my peace, my joy, my mental state of mind. He can't touch it because in the name of Jesus, I'm not letting that happen. So but the truth of the matter is so many people, even so many Christians are so out of it. So caught up, I guess, in the world, they're so not with the program of God's word that they are being stolen from and they don't even realize it until some time later. I remember when I was 15, I spent some time in St. Petersburg, Russia. Let me tell you, Russia is a good time. Not really. But anyway, I, I spent I, I was there for a summer and and spent some time there. And so St. Petersburg is a massive, massive city. And part of my trouble of being in Russia wasn't even that it was a different country. I'm just a small town boy. And that was like living in New York City for a while. And, and so it was rough. But one day we took our sub. We did these uh, these street plays. We did this street drama, this presentation. We set up like this little sound system just in the middle of the street in Russia and start doing this play about Jesus. And, you know, usually police or actually soldiers would come and run us off. So we'd pack up and run away. But but I was on the subway one day and 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 I get back to the hotel and I'm going through my backpack and my wallet's gone. Somebody stole my I'm over there in Russia, 15 years old, and the money that I did have is now gone because somebody stole it from me. And I didn't even realize that I was being stolen from until it was too late. And then I look back like, man, I should have wore it on the front of me. I should have done this and done that. But so many Christians, they're getting robbed blind every single day. They don't even notice it until the end of the day. And like, man, another bad day. Man, and oh, they got me again. It happened again, man. And that shouldn't be the life of a Christian. We, the enemy, when as soon as he comes knocking, we should say, no, in the name of Jesus, I resist that right now. You're not stealing from me today. And people say, not today, devil. Well, I'm saying not today, not tomorrow, not the day after that, not Saturday, not Sunday, not Monday. No day do I give you permission to come in and steal from me. And on top of that, I'm not letting you steal from the rest of my family or the people around me either. You know, a couple of years ago, I've told this story. But I'm, I'll admit that I'm not the most security-minded person, so I would not be a good candidate to apply for a security job or law enforcement. I just trust everybody. And I, you know, sometimes that's been to my detriment. But, but I'm like, hey, how you doing? Come on in. So I get home one day in the middle of the day, and there's a young man sitting on a rock. This I have this big rock in my front yard. He's just sitting on the rock, and I'm like, well, that's weird. There's not usually people sitting in my yard, but me being, you know, who I am, I'm like, Hey, bro, how you doing? So you want a drink? I'm getting ready to go and have a... I'm like inviting him into my house and stuff, you know, and my wife and kids are in the inside. But I'm, you know, it is what it is. So so anyway, he's like, nope, I'm good. I'm just waiting on some friends. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if you need anything, just knock on the door. So then a few minutes later, I hear beating on my door. Help! 911! 911! Well, apparently this guy was the lookout while his buddies were robbing my next door neighbor right in the middle of the day. I, I didn't know it. And so I was offering to give him a hand and, you know, give him some food and refreshments and, and, and all this stuff. But he was robbing them. And then, you know, they're, they're running down the street with all this stuff. Well, anyway, it was just it was a whole mess. But the sad thing is, is there was probably a lot of warning signs there that I could have taken. Like, this isn't normal. But, I you know, I didn't want to be like that. So 
my neighbors got robbed blind and you know, they love me and forgive me and all this stuff. But still, I should have said something, right? And so it's that way with so many Christians, though. The devil's robbing you. He's robbing your neighbor. He's robbing your mom, your dad, your kids. And you're just sitting there not doing anything about it. We shouldn't be that way. We have every right, according to the word of God, to stand up to the devil and put an end to it. I am done being stolen from. You are done being stolen from. Well, it's, you know, yesterday I pull up to the bank and some guy, can you give me a ride to the gas station to get some gas? It looked a little fishy, but I'm like, why not? Get on in. So I drive him to the gas station and I go and buy him a gas can, fill it up with gas. But we start talking about, you know, 2020, he's like, man, in January, Kobe died. And then February, the Rona hit. Then the next month after that, the whole world blows. And he's going out through all this bad stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, it's been it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? And he's telling me all this stuff. But then I'm like, you know what, brother? Listen. I'm a pastor, okay, and uh, I believe that we don't have to be stolen from anymore. I believe that the rest of 2020 can be a banner year, the best year of our lives. And so, hey, we got out of the car, we held hands, we prayed right there in the name of Jesus that the rest of this year is off limits to the devil. Now, the rest of the world, if they want to say it's bad and it's getting worse, speak for yourself, brother. But for me, it's getting better and better and better and better. And anything that was stolen, oh, it's coming back with interest because I refuse to be stolen from. Amen. And so let's go ahead and get into the message tonight. And I believe that God's going to speak to you. And if you're okay with your stuff getting snatched away, then I mean, by all means, you do you. But I'm not okay with it. I'm not living like that anymore. Amen. So let's pray. Let's get into the word of God. Father, in Jesus name. We thank you, Lord, so much that we get to be together in the house again, God, worshiping you, praising you, learning your word together. And I pray tonight that as we are gathered right here in your name, you are going to speak to us in a big way, God. Show us what we need to see. Teach us what we need to be taught, God. And I pray that if we're just sleeping and and and, and barely making it through life, Lord, that you're going to wake us up and shake us tonight so we can do things your way. In Jesus' name, everybody said. All right, so we're going to talk about three ways for you to get your recompense, your recompense, your payback. Amen. You need your reimbursement check, right? With interest. All right. So the first thing you've got to do is this. Number one, identify the thief. Identify the thief. And, you know, that's because a lot of people, they don't they're, they're They may realize like, man, it's bad. I feel like I'm getting stolen from every day. But a lot of times. They don't even know who the thief is, and he's been doing it for years. Some people actually think that maybe it's God taking stuff away from them. But you need to identify who the thief was. I was reading this article in 2008. This robber, I think it was in the Sacramento area, he put an ad on Craigslist advertising for construction workers. He told every, you know, if you're interested in the job, meet me in the Bank of America parking lot at this address at 10 a.m. Monday morning. Be dressed for work, hard hat and vest, and, and you've got a job. And so dozens of men show up. You know, hard hats, construction vests, jeans and work boots, they're all showing up wearing the exact same thing. Well, the robber dressed the exact same. He went inside and robbed the bank and then he just slipped through the crowd. And then when the police showed up, there was uh, dozens of people that matched that description. So the like, well, who was it? Was it this guy? Was it that guy? And the thief just snuck off right through the crowd, never to be caught. Well, listen. You nobody could identify him because he set up a lot of decoys that tricked people. 
And I'm telling you right now, the devil, he's robbing some people blind, and then he's using decoys, and you're like, you know what? I know who it is. It's my boss. He's my trouble. If I could just get back at him, I'd be okay. You know what? It's probably my husband. It's got to be him. It's probably this. And, and, and you're looking at all these decoys, and sure enough, the devil can work through unsubmitted people, but they themselves are not the thief. Satan is the thief. And you're out there looking around. It was him. Was it him? Who did it? Who did it? Who? And, and you're looking everywhere, and the thief is just sneaking off through the crowd like, so long, suckers. And you're spending your life seeking revenge, seeking who to get back at, and really it was the thief himself, the devil. Who knows what John 10.10 says? I know most of you do, but put it up on the screen. John 10, verse 10. Let's flip there in our Bibles. John chapter 10 and verse 10. You have got to know this verse or you will be a very confused person as a Christian. John 10, verse 10. And so I've heard this verse called the dividing line of the Bible. If you if you ever have any doubt about where the, 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 the stealing is coming from, any doubt about where the bad things coming against you are coming from, this verse answers it right here. John 10, verse 10 in the King James, it says, The thief cometh not, but for, to what? But for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, but I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And so Jesus right here calls the devil, straight up calls him the thief. Now, there's a lot of things that Jesus called Satan. He called him the father of all lies. So Satan's a liar, but he's also a massive thief. And he will come in and what does he do? Steal kill and destroy. And so it shocks me sometimes when somebody has one of those three things happen. They're like, I don't know, man, was it maybe God did this? Maybe he's just trying to get his point across to me. God is so much better than that, that he has better ways of communicating to you than sending you a car wreck. I just wouldn't listen. So he caused this car wreck to finally get my. That is not the God of the Bible. He brings life and life more abundantly. Well, I just wouldn't listen, so he made me lose my job. That's stealing. That's the devil. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe I just, I just, I couldn't get it together, so he broke my whole family apart just to teach me a lesson. If that's how a God is, I don't want nothing to do with him. And that may sound like, well, that's, that, I'm serious. That's not the God that I know. The God I know brings families together and heals marriages. And restores them. The God that I serve healed me of cancer when it came to my body. The God that I serve has been my provider since day one. He said, I will, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. He does not steal. He does not kill. He does not destroy in our lives. And so you've got to identify the thief. And I'm telling you right now, it is not God. Let's just narrow it down from there. So that narrows the field down a little bit. The thief is not God. And I'm going to get take it a step further and tell you the thief is not other people. Are you sure about that? Because I really think that you may know some thieves in your life. I mean, you know, there's people. But the thief that's trying to break you apart is not 
another person. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Who's glad they came to church tonight? I'm glad I came to church tonight. We need a midweek refresher. We need a we need to come in to the house, to the oasis in the middle of the week. Ephesians chapter 6. But we're identifying the thief. You know, another brilliant moment of my great security history. I was helping out at the Christian school a couple years ago. And so I show up one night to do a little stuff to help them. And I see a group of young men prying a window open with a crowbar. And I'm like... Hey guys, what's going on? You know, and, and I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me like that somebody would be breaking into the Christian school. So like, boys, what's going on? Can I help you guys out? And they take their crowbar and just take off running. And then, uh, you know, I didn't even, I'm like, well, I just, well, whatever. So I just get to doing my thing. And I'm like, well, maybe I should tell the principal that. And so she's like, call the police. And so I call the police. And then 10 minutes later, they catch these young men in bonds going in there and uh, whatever they're doing. So I had to go identify the thieves. And I don't like doing that because, you know, I, I, I don't like to. But but I was like, well, sure enough, they they show me. Yeah, that, that's the five boys that I just saw breaking into the school right there. I had to identify the thief. And then, of course, you know, they paid the price for it. But listen, God is not the thief and other people are not the thief in your life. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, it says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of other people. Your neighbor, your boss, your annoying husband, your wife, your children, that guy at church. No, all strategies of the devil. Well, why do we need armor To fight against all the strategy of the devil. Well, verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. What's that mean? We're not fighting against other people. I'm going to read that again because somebody needs to hear that twice. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Well, what are we fighting against? But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so it's telling us right there, we're not fighting against people, but our enemy is an unseen enemy. But let me tell you, he is real. And you can see the stuff that he does. He's been stealing from people, lying to people, causing people to do really bad things for a very long time. And then we blame where, you know, people got to be held responsible. I totally believe in that. No doubt about it. But so many times somebody that's given you all this trouble coming against you so harshly, it's because the devil working through them can't stand the Jesus on the inside of you. He can't stand it, and he wants to come at you and, and, and silence you and put your light out and make you be quiet and, 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 and worst of all, make you fall into the very unchristian trap of retaliation. I don't believe in revenge. Now, I'll go back to the devil all day long. But so, you know, I, I don't believe in, and, you know, it's like the, on the movie Toy Story, revenge is not, uh, you know, it's not something we practice on my planet, right? Buzz Lightyear saying that to Woody, that he says, well, we're not on my planet, are we? Then they get into a fist fight. But what I'm saying is this, is that when somebody wrongs me, I'm told, turn the other cheek. I'm told, well, the, go, go the extra mile then. 
That goes against everything that I feel like doing. But I'm going to do it because Jesus said to do it. Well, I don't get mad. I get even. There's probably a whole lot of other things you get too. You probably get stressed out. Probably get depressed. Probably get full of anxiety. Probably get full of bitterness and hatred and, and other. You may get even, but you get a whole lot of other byproducts that come with getting even. So Jesus said to forgive somebody seven times. No, 70 times seven. I may not trust you so much anymore, but I don't lay awake at night thinking about you. I don't sit there thinking about how I can pay you back. You know what? Water under the bridge. Forget it ever happened. I love you. I forgive you. I'm not going to give my whole heart to you again, maybe, but I love you and I forgive you. And so one of Satan's best strategies is to use people as decoys like that guy on Craigslist did. All right. And so the first thing we got to do to get our recompense, number one, you've got to identify the thief. It is not God. It is not your fellow man or woman. The second thing is this. It's time to go get your stuff back. Well, we found out who the thief is. Let's track him down and get our stuff back. And so um, we're going to look at a story here in First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. And as we're turning there, I was reading a story also about this old lady in Chicago. They, you know, they've got kind of a rough city right now. But Chicago, <clears throat> this young man runs by, snatches her purse and just, you know, takes off, then walks up the alley casually. Well, grandma wasn't having it. Grandma chased him down the alley, cornered him and commanded him in the name of Jesus. Give me my purse back. And she starts preaching to him. The young guy's in tears. I'm sorry, ma'am. You can have it back. I'll never do it again. And, 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 but, but what happened is the whole point of the story is she didn't just say, Oh man, he took it. Now it's gone forever. She chased him down. She chased the thief down and got her stuff back. Amen. You're not just going to take I want my stuff back. And so too many people, they just let the enemy get away with it. But we need some Christians that have some fight within them. And we need Christians that know the blessings that belong to them. So first Samuel. Chapter 30, we're going to look at a few verses here. First Samuel 30 verses one through six. We I use this story quite a bit because there's so many awesome lessons in it. But first Samuel 30 verses one through six, it's talking about David. Then three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziglag. They had crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. So David and the boys show back up and their whole town is burned to the ground. That's a Bad way to get home from work. Lucy, I'm home. And then your whole, it's all burned down. I mean, what just happened here? So they had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. So there's the silver lining. No one had died. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. These guys, we've got warriors, grown men, Weeping, bawling their eyes out because not only was all their stuff stolen, their wives and kids were gone. Now, David had a few wives. So, well, this time, too, David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. So another quick lesson. Don't have more than one wife. Come on, guys. Listen, 
Bible says no man can serve two masters. You only need one. Hello. Come on. All right. Praise God. All right. And so his two wives were gone. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. They began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I love what the King James says. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so that's a whole great sermon right there about your need to be able to encourage yourself because sometimes you just can't count on somebody else to encourage you. Sometimes it's great. Other people are there to do it. Sometimes you're on your own and everybody else that you thought would encourage you just wants to stone you instead. So David was in this spot and he encourages himself. He strengthens himself in the Lord his God, but he's in a giant mess right here. They've lost everything. So they've got a couple options. Well, we can sit here and keep crying like we're doing. You know, we could probably start a GoFundMe, you know, see if people would just, you know, help us get our stuff back. Maybe we could just at least, you know, get the news out here and report on this. Uh, but but they, they had a lot of options. But what did they decide to do? They're like, you know what? We're done crying. We're done feeling sorry for ourselves. We want our stuff back. I want my stuff. I want my wife back. I want my kids back. I want my possessions back. Some weasel came in here and stole it while I was out. But now I'm back and I'm going to go get my stuff. And so what happened is they find a, some. they find somebody that they, they set out to go find the thieves. Right. If you're familiar with this story and they find an Egyptian man out in the middle of the desert laying there dying of, you know, the thirst and all this stuff. And they're like, hey, what's going on? He's like, well, I actually I was with this, these guys, the Amalekites, and and they raided this village and stole their stuff and they were taken off. I got sick, so they just left me to die. And David said, we're chasing those guys down right now. You want to get a little revenge? And he's like, yeah, I do. Well, you just lead us right to where he's at and we'll take care of the rest. So this Egyptian they thought was dead leads David and the guys straight to where the Amalekites are. So look at verse 16. Verse 16. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. And so they show up, and not only do they find the thieves, those guys are drinking and partying and dancing around. And I think that just made David's anger level go from a 10 to an 11. He was like, that's it. Now I am really mad. And so these guys, they get in there and it gets nasty. It is a gnarly fight. They lay the smack down on the Amalekites. Look at verse 17. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. They're, they're running for their dear lives on their camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. Can somebody say everything? Who wants everything back? I want it back. You cannot steal from me. I'm a child of God. Amen. And so these guys stole it, but David wasn't going to just let them get away with it like so many people do. He chased them down. And I'm talking about, notice it said everything. 
Sometimes we've had great big things stolen from us, but then sometimes we've just had little things. Anybody ever had something little taken away? And you're like, you know what? It may not be that big of a deal, but I want it back. And so a couple years ago, I, I mean, I, I, my car keys were gone, right? And I'm not the type of guy that goes around losing my car key. I, I, I try to take very good care of my car keys. So they're gone and I'm searching for days and, and I'm like, what is going on here? And so, you know, I'd prayed, but finally I'd had enough that I said, God, I want my keys back. There's keys on that key ring that, to, to, I don't have duplicates of. I need it back. And so I'd been driving around town for days. Well, one day I'd get on the interstate right there, getting on the, over there by the Best West, or getting on the 40, headed towards Barstow Road's the next exit where it meets the 50. And so I'm just driving, all of a sudden, I look on the hood of my car, and there's a key, I got that long HGWC key, it's just flapping everywhere. I'm like, what in the world? It's right there! And so I pull over, I don't know how it, how it did not fall off, because Pastor Dave was doing a little bit more than 70, and I'm not going to say how much, just a little bit more. And so it is just flapping everywhere. I pull over to the side of the road. My keys are just sitting right there on the hood of my car. And I'd been driving everywhere for days. Those were not there all week long. I can tell you that right now. But I pulled over. I grabbed my keys off the hood, and I thanked Jesus on the side of the 40. And it was an amazing moment. But listen, no matter how big or how small, I am not going to be stolen from even my keys you got to give them back amen and so we've got to have that attitude and so we're talking about recompense tonight payback your reimbursement check listen you got to identify the thief you got to go get your stuff and then point number three is my favorite i'm going to make him pay interest you're not just giving it back and saying sorry. No, you're giving it back and you're paying interest on top of it. You know, the book of Job is an interesting book in the Bible. And and most people, I have a different perspective, I guess, than a lot of people in the book of Job. And probably most of you at High Desert Word Center, you have a different perspective than most other people on the book of Job. Because usually when I find somebody reading the book of Job, they're like, man, my life's in the dumps. I've lost everything my wife left, I lost my job, I'm broke, I'm sick, I don't have anything left, so I'm going to read the book of Job right now, because I identify with Job. And I'm like, did you, have you read the whole book? Because I've read the entire book, and yeah, like the first 40 chapters are awful, okay? Job loses a lot of really bad stuff. He loses his family. He was super rich. He lost all of his money and possessions. He gets really sick. and lose. He, A lot of bad stuff happens, but that's not what I identify with because the very last chapter, he gets all of his stuff back, but he gets paid back double. So for every cow he lost, he got two back. For every son he lost, he got, for every dollar he lost, he got two back. He got double for his trouble. He got double what he lost. And so people are like, I identify with Job, man, because my life stinks. I identify with Job because everything the enemy steals from me, he's got to pay me back with interest. And I refuse to be stolen from. So Job 42 verse 10, Job 42 verse 10. I'm going to look at a few verses real quick in the book of Job. And uh, in Isaiah and in Proverbs, so be ready for some quick old OT flipping, okay? And if you aren't that quick in the Old Testament, you just take notes. But Job 42, verse 10, here's the Job 
that I identify with. Job 42 verse 10, it says, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Somebody say twice as much as before. Twice as much as before. And so that's what I'm talking about. If you've been stolen from, you need to get over this. Well, I guess it's gone. And if it's the will of God to get it back to me someday, maybe God in his infinite, deep, mysterious plan. No, claim it, man. I want it back. Isaiah 49, verse 18. Let's go to Isaiah 49, because maybe you've had people stolen from your life. I don't know. It's one thing to lose money. It's one thing to lose your car keys. It's one thing to lose stuff. But it's a whole other thing to lose people from your life. I'm not talking about dangerous, toxic people that shouldn't be in there anyway. Because there's some people I'm glad are out of my life. And that may sound mean, but I love them. I hope the best for them. But I don't need them barfing on me and my family anymore or my church family. Right? Okay. But then there's some people that were stolen out in some way or another And I would like them back. And so Isaiah 49, verse 18, this is talking about your children if they've strayed. Isaiah says, look around you and see, for all your children will come back to you. As surely as I live, says the Lord, they will be like jewels or bridal ornaments for you to display. It will no longer be a spot of shame or embarrassment. But God says, no, your children are coming back to you and they are going to be the pride and joy, just like an ornament, just like a jewel for you to display. Who believes that in here tonight? Amen. Come on. The devil's not going to steal my car keys and he's not going to steal my kids either. Amen. Isaiah 61 verse 7. Isaiah 61 verse 7. Because I like to talk about double. Isaiah 61 verse 7. Now, if I'm playing ball, a single's nice. But what's better than a single? Well, the next step up would be a good double. If I'm playing basketball, free throws are fun, but I'd rather be hitting field goals, man, getting me two points at a time, right? And so Isaiah 61, verse 7, it says, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Sign me up for the double package. I believe I'll have that right there. You may like a single cheeseburger. Pastor Dave likes the double all day long. Give me a double portion right there. And then it says everlasting joy will be yours. Somebody say amen to that tonight. Double portions. Finally, Zechariah 9, verse 12. Come on, that's right there. You got Zechariah Malachi. So right there before the New Testament starts, Zechariah 9 and verse 12. So our children's church is learning the books of the Bible, right? So it may, if you're having trouble finding some of these spots, you may just want to ask one of the kids. They may know. Zechariah 9 and verse 12. And I'm talking about the double portion. 
And and if you think I'm done, I've got one more verse after this that could potentially just like just blow the lid right off of your thinking. All right. So Zechariah nine verse twelve says, "Come back." To the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Man, well, I've, I've had a lot of troubles. Well, thank God that you belong to Jesus now and your day of trouble is over. And if you had a lot of troubles, well, you're getting ready to get two blessings for all those troubles. Well, I had 25 troubles. Get ready for 50 blessings, somebody, right? If that's where you're at. But as good as that sounds, I just still don't quite feel satisfied with that. What if I told you you could get not one, not two, not three. But what if there's a verse in the Bible that talks about getting seven times back what was stolen from you? And so Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. Amen. Proverbs 6, 31, because... You know, hey, twos are good, three-pointers are good, but what if there was a seven-pointer and you could just, I mean, I'm talking basketball, Cletus, where are you at? Me and Cletus, all right? We got distance, right? We've got range. <laughs> what if we could, <laughs> maybe not, but anyway, what if we could hit that, well, a seven-pointer, come on, man, seven times everything else. And so, Proverbs 6, verse 31 Verse 30 is talking about if somebody robs you, if a thief gets into the house, you catch him. But verse 31 says, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Can somebody say sevenfold? You don't want to steal a dollar from me because you got to give seven back. You don't want to steal a thousand dollars from me because you're going to owe me seven thousand dollars. You don't want to steal a moment of peace from me because you're going to owe me seven times what was stolen. If the thief be caught, he's got to pay back sevenfold what he stole. Well, guess what? I've identified the thief and we're catching the thief and he's going to pay back sevenfold. So it is time for the people of God to quit getting stolen from. It is time for the people of God to say, well, you just got to quit. You got to cut your losses. You got to. It's 2020. It's bad for everybody everywhere. Speak for yourself. It's not bad for me. It's great for me. It's better than it's ever been before. And I'm telling you right now, you have got to start laying hold of the promises that have been made to you in the word of God. No more being stolen from. Identify the thief. Catch him. Get your stuff back and make him pay interest for taking it from you in the first place. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Well, say this with me. I refuse to lose. Now, that was cute and that was kind of gave me the fuzzies, but I want you to say it like you actually mean it. I refuse to lose. Say it again. I refuse to lose. Say sevenfold. Sevenfold. Amen. Somebody give God some praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. So it, uh, as we do that, I remind you, giving online, hdwc.org slash giving. That's the best way right now. You go to the website. There's a phone number on there you can text to. Uh, we've got the table back there. If you want to give by cash or check, you can grab your own envelope, fill it out yourself, 
put it in the bucket right there. But praise God. I want to, uh, you know, as I'm looking at all this stuff, it's been incredible because for months, you know, we did these uh, recorded services. And this Sunday night is, as far as we know, it's the last recorded one we're going to do. OK, so I'm just so happy about that. Uh, you know, I appreciate everybody's faithfulness through the whole season and everything. And we've said it, but I keep saying it because I mean it. You know, I don't like preaching to empty rooms to an iPhone. I like preaching to beautiful faces like you guys right here. So uh, this Sunday night is the last one that we recorded. And, you know, in Jesus name, I'm not going to do that ever again. But tune in because it's a word in due season, man. God laid something heavy on my heart. And I really want you to see the Sunday night sermon at six o'clock Sunday night, because a couple weeks after that, we're going to be here on Sunday night. July 12th. Who wants some breaking news? Major announcement for a Holy Ghost praise night. Woo! Yes, we're going to have a good old fashioned high desert word center. Holy Ghost hoedown praise night right here. Sunday night, July 12th. So be ready. Amen. It's going to be awesome. But let's look at a verse here for our giving tonight in Galatians chapter six, Galatians chapter six. Amen. And so uh, God is faithful. We can count on him to keep his word to us. Amen. So Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant or you will always reap what you sow. Well, I mean, I don't know, brother. I, I don't know if that, what that it says. You will always Harvest what you plant. You will always reap what you sow. And so I'm telling you right now, God is not going to be mocked. It says you can't mock the justice of God. If God's word says to give and it shall be given unto you, you have every right, according to the word of God, to expect that things are coming back to you. You've been faithful. You've been tithing. You've been given. It is coming back to you because if it never does. Then you can mock the justice of God. You could say, you know, I guess that whole justice thing with God is that it's not true. But I'm telling you right now, it is true. God will not be mocked. You will always reap what you sow. Now, another aspect of that is you don't reap what you want. You reap what you sow. You've got to get some seeds planted into the ground. You can't be praying for a harvest. God, bring in the harvest. God, bring it in. I need harvest right now. Well, you've got to plant some seeds if you're ever going to get a harvest. And so if you need a financial miracle, if you just need your finances to plumb get better, you need to start sowing some seeds, brother, sister. You need to get some seed in the ground because you've got to give God something to work with. You've got to get seed into the ground if you need a harvest. And the sooner the better. And and I'm just saying that to you right now. Amen. Uh, one time I... Katie and I were in a bad financial spot and I was praying, God, we need harvest and we need it yesterday. And of course, we've always been tied in our whole lives. But Katie said, you're you're claiming a harvest, but have we planted any seed? And I was like, oh, my gosh, man, nothing like your wife just, you know, nailing you with some truth right between the eyes. Right. And so I was like, you're right. I'm claiming harvest, but there's no seeds. How dumb is it for a farmer to stand out in the middle of the field and say, can't wait for the harvest to come in. It is going to be a big one this year, boys. Well, what'd you plant this year, farmer? I didn't plant anything. I'm just praying for harvest, man. You're a fool. There's no harvest coming in. You've got to plant some seeds to get a harvest. And so that's 
what I'm talking about. You reap what you sow, and you will reap it. God is not going to be mocked. Amen. So let's speak some words of faith over our offering today, or in our tithing, and we know that God is working in our finances. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight as we dismiss. Let's stand up together. I want to see you on your feet so you can speak some words of faith with me. I'm working on the Barstow Faith Confession t-shirts right now. They should be about $15, so hopefully uh, hopefully this Sunday I'll be able to start taking orders for a Barstow Faith Confession shirt. It's going to be a black t-shirt. The front is going to say, hashtag Barstow is blessed, and the back is going to be the beautiful Barstow Faith Confession with our logo right at the bottom. You are going to be everywhere you go just spreading the good news about Barstow, spreading the word of God. Amen. You're going to be a walking billboard. It's going to be incredible. So anyway, be ready for that. All right. Who believes that we are seeing these words come to pass over Barstow? I believe it, man. I wholeheartedly believe it. And so I'm going to keep saying it every single day. Amen. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody shout hallelujah tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.